Thank you. Thank you to everybody who tuned into Series 2, Episode 1 of The Online Disruptor. When we looked at the data yesterday from Series 1, we knew it would certainly be hard to beat. But against all odds, we surpassed that data by almost double. And when I saw the data, I'm not going to lie, I had a little celebratory dance around my home. Um, And then I messaged the team to thank them for their hard work and all their help of getting the online disruptor out there. And due to all this great feedback, we've now decided to invest in a new, higher quality, state-of-the-art microphone, but also some new casting equipment. Now, next week, I welcome my first ever guest onto this podcast. It's a deep, honest and dark conversation with someone who helped shape the future of Brisk Agency, but also the future of my marketing portfolio. It is one of my first ever clients, but also it's my first ever guest on this podcast. And who better to bring on than this person? I cannot wait to share this with you. It's gone 1am now. I'm just, I've just had a shower. I'm sat in nothing but a towel. I've gone into the spare room of my house Use your imagination there if you want to. So, yeah, with that in mind, (laughs) tell everyone, tell your friends, tell your partners, your spouses, your parents, your hookups, tell everybody. So without further ado, let's dive into episode two of The Online Disruptor. So from this title of the podcast, you may already get a bit of an understanding about what this episode is going to be about, right? And you may also believe that it's weird for me to say this because I'm not going to lie, I've made the majority of like my money, my assets, and I've developed a career through the very thing that I'm going to be talking about and the very thing that I'm going to, in effect, be slagging off. But for me, social media is fake. Social media is bullshit and social media is causing more depression and negative mental health now than ever before. It's it's almost making people believe that fantasies are real, that relationships are perfect and that entrepreneurship is easy. It's certainly a fake world that we live in. So let me give you a bit of context for those who don't know. I'm the 23-year-old CEO of a fast-growing and global operating marketing agency, Brisk Agency. And one of the core services that we offer is social media marketing. We help brands grow via paid and organic campaigns. And we also work with some of the world's leading brand, like, company leaders to help grow their personal brands as well through like paid ads and and organically and for those who don't know I write down a number of notes on my phone every week and then when it comes to recording them on this podcast I go through them and I reflect on them and the first point that I have in my notes is just one word it's one word that resonates with me quite heavily and it's the word entrepreneurship. 
And when I think about this, what I mean is, and I'm not going to lie, this is one of the main reasons I started my business, is that I thought entrepreneurship is easy. And I used to think this because I followed the likes of Elon Musk, Gary Vaynerchuk, Stephen Bartlett, etc. And they used to make it look easy. I fell into that trap of believing that A, I could be as successful and as rich as them and B, if I replicated their model, I'd get to where they are. It looked easy, right? I believed if I did what they were doing, I could do it too. But it took me a while, to be fair. I think it took me about a year or two to realise that that was bullshit. There's no one who could replicate Elon Musk, right? There's no one who can replicate Gary Vaynerchuk. There's no one who can replicate Stephen Bartlett. And there's no one who can replicate Liam Chit. You've got to path your own way. But social media has made it easy to believe that if you copy someone, you can easily replicate it. And it's the same every time I go onto YouTube, right? When I get into bed at night, I always spend maybe about half an hour to an hour on YouTube looking at like vlogs or learning new stuff and I always see an ad I always see these sort of ads that pop up and it's some bullshit like if you buy this course you'll get your dream lifestyle or I'm a 17 year old kid who's made a million pounds and lives in a mansion with a Ferrari and nice watches and all this sort of stuff And it's so obvious that this is fake. It's so obvious that it's BS, but the human nature in me wants to believe it. There's no way on earth that this 17-year-old kid has a million quid in their bank just through hard work unless they, like, A, inherited it, B, won the lottery, or C, invested in Bitcoin. And... Instagram is no better, right? All I ever see on Instagram is people in like mansions, driving sports slash luxury cars, buying these nice Rolexes, enjoying nights out, going for dinner with like these hot, hot supermodels and all this sort of cliche crap. But there's no one on Instagram or other social media platforms that's showing the hardships showing the struggles, the mental health, the eating your pot noodles in your boxes while getting dicked like 6-0 on FIFA. There's no side of this because, and there's no, I think there's no side of this for like twofold, right? A, no one really wants to showcase that. It's a, that's not a glamorized lifestyle. Why would you want to showcase it? But B, Who really wants to see that? Who really wants to see that? But when I think about it, there's always two sides to every person. There's this side who, the side that you can show off, right? The flawless, perfectly filtered picture side of it. But then there's also the dark side, the miserable side, the side that you're never going to show anyone because you don't want it to be true and for me this comparison is completely toxic because you'll always want more if you compare yourself to people on social media you'll always believe that they are better and you haven't got what they've got when in truth 
you both have those two sides. You both have nice stuff, and then you both have the depressional side of things. And I was reading, I've done like a lot of human psychology research, right? And there's this big thing going on right now, which is like, is money the route to happiness? And if you buy all this fancy shit, where will it get you? And I'm not going to lie. This podcast is very deep, very honest. I've I've been fortunate enough, right, over the last few years to work hard and come in. I've I've made a bit of money over my time, right? I've invested in stocks, all this sort of stuff. And this isn't a brag, but I went through a phase that I think a lot of people who come into money and have money do do where they go out and they buy stuff, they buy designer clothes, they buy like nice watches, they go out for nights out with women, they they do all this sort of stuff and I I've fell into that trap. And I kid you not, it sounds so perfect. It sounds so nice. And when I was that 17-year-old kid starting my business because I wanted to be a millionaire, I'm not there yet, but um, I wanted like all that money to go out and do stuff. This would have sounded perfect, but the truth is, it made me miserable. It genuinely made me miserable. I was like buying these nice things. I was going out with women, like (laughs) out of my league sort of thing. I was I was living a life almost like last year that anyone would probably want to live but the truth is I was more miserable then than when I was starting out with fuck all and just a bag of like oats in a garage and I quickly realized that I needed to change my way of thinking I needed to change my lifestyle so I literally I can't remember, like eBay or Depot or something like that. And I just got rid of all my stuff. And now I don't buy anything, right? I went on Amazon the other day and I I bought a microphone for this to record the value and the content. But I don't buy anything anymore because I've realized that I don't actually need anything. But I thought I did. I just leave my money to grow in my bank account now. It's like a tree. Just leave it. It'll grow. So yeah, yeah, that's the truth. And also the truth is that building something such as a business isn't easy, right? It's impossibly hard. It's all about being different, being creative, working incredibly hard. Like most days I work maybe 19 hour days. I'm constantly like developing new ideas to drive my portfolio and my agency and like my investments and all this sort of stuff. But no one sees that. Literally, I don't tell anyone this, but like, I'm like I I I message my one of my closest friends every day, and like, I'll always message him when I go to bed, and I'll always message him when I wake up. It's weird, I know, but like we're that close, and he's like, "How the fuck do you live? <laughs> How do you live on like that many hours sleep?" But the truth is. It is hard work what I do, but it's the, it's what I chose. But Instagram's not showing that. Instagram's showing the entrepreneurs fucking off to Dubai, living this best holiday, but they didn't sh- actually show how they got there. 
It's toxic. Okay, so the next point in my notes just says IG deleted. And I remember this a few years ago. I'd been fortunate to get like 25,000 followers on my Instagram. And one day, just one day, I decided to delete it. And the reason I decided to delete it was a girl. A girl called Emma, I don't actually know her, she was following me, commented on one of my posts and she said, you can box down, and this is quote for quote, right? You can box down the gym all you want. You can buy all all your expensive shit, brag about your business, but at the end of the day, this isn't normal. And everyone who knows me knows that not a lot of stuff get to me, right? I've done a lot. I've I've pissed off a lot of people. I've I've got maybe sometimes controversial beliefs and I'm okay when people disagree. But oh my days, this got to me. This almost it, well, it I remember it and it hit me so personally as well. I started forgetting about how hard doing what I do actually is I was like and like I said in my previous note point right I was showing off this lifestyle that okay it wasn't fake but it was that one side of it I was only showing off the success I was only showing off the dates out the the niceness and it was doing no one any good but so I did I without a hesitation I deleted my Instagram account. I started a new one. It was private for a while. I'm back public now. But the value on my new one is much more realistic. It's the stuff I'd want to see if I was like... And I always think back. When I push something out there, when I push a bit of content out there, when I speak to people, I always think back, what if I was that 17-year-old kid? What if I was that 17-year-old kid again? What would I want to see? Would I want to see the Gary Vaynerchuk type of thing where he's jetting off around the world? Or would I want to see an entrepreneur who's trying to make it? Who's working hard to try and make it and tells me the truths that I need to know? Food for thought. Right, so the next point in my notes, and it's just one word again, And it's something that, I'm not going to lie, I don't talk about much at all. I don't talk about much to my close friends. I don't talk about close to my family. This is something deep. And this podcast is honest. This is something that I think I'm afraid to talk about. But this podcast is for me. This podcast is my away time, my time to sit down and, and reflect and almost my time to develop as a person. The next point just says relationships. I think my my closest friend only knows this, but I've distanced myself from all relationships that have come my way in the past. And I haven't really truly reflected on this. One of the reasons is I think I'm a bit scared of like getting hurt, a bit insecure, stuff like that. But also, I know one of the other reasons is that I've found that women who I've 
dated and spoke to in the past have this like false expectation of what's expected within a relationship like the people I've dated have been inspired by fake social relationships whereas they like see couples jetting off to Dubai they see couples dining in Michelin star restaurants and they expect that that's what a relationship is like 24-7. But this isn't true. And anyone who's been in a, in a relationship will know that this isn't true. Okay, a relationship has good times. Of course it does. and it, But it also has a lot of bad. But social media has allowed couples to showcase all the good times. And that, in effect, has a wave a wave effect onto other couples others will see this fancy lifestyle that they're living and believe that they're not being treated fairly or that they deserve something more and human psychology human research has shown that the thing you do then is you go looking for something better 50 years ago when your grandparents or your parents argued they hadn't had a they hadn't got a choice. They had to sit down and talk about what the problem was. There wasn't thousands of perfectly filtered Tinder matches that they could swipe through just at a fingertip. They had to deal with it there and then. And stats show that social media this year will be the biggest cause of breakups and divorces. Okay, so here's a big one. One I'm not 100% sure about, I'm going to try and talk about it, but I'm certainly not qualified to talk about this. I was speaking, so I was speaking to a good friend of mine the other day and she mentioned how someone related to her has an eating disorder and how she feels pressured to look perfect. She starves herself but then binges and her body holds on to everything. You can just sort of imagine how unhealthy this is, right? And I was trying to get to the bottom of this. I was doing a bit of research, but unfortunately, social media plays a huge, huge part in this. I know for a fact that most girls scroll through Instagram, looking at other people, comparing themselves, not feeling good enough, and then binging and, and starving themselves and all this sort of stuff. But I mean, what a fucking awful way to live, right? People shouldn't worry about a few extra rolls or choosing the McDonald's chicken nuggets over like burpees or burgers over burpees, whatever the saying is. I certainly don't. It's like when people go to the gym, and I know this quite a lot, people go to the gym and they put makeup on. I've never understood the logic behind that. For me, you go to the gym, you train, you sweat, you you might have an odd selfie, but you don't go primarily just to take selfies. I'm not going to lie. I, t- I do take an odd selfie. But why do you care what other people think of you when you're in the gym? You're meant to be there to like better yourself, right? Not to do a half naked photo shoot or take a load of selfie selfies. And this isn't directed at anyone in particular, but someone at my local gym does just that. The world is like so fucked up, right? That is making fake look normal. I have a friend and someone who used to be a very close friend to me and her social media is like so fake. 
one of the worst like I've ever seen genuinely and I, I don't want to be mean I did ask if I could use this example in the podcast and she did agree to it but in her photos on her Instagram you genuinely can't recognize her she looks perfect she looks flawless she is filtered and she's a nice girl in real life but she looks nothing like that and I asked her about this I said why do you edit your photo like she uses photoshop I asked her why do you edit yourself on like photoshop and add filters and all this and her response was I want to feel special and I want people to love me for me and I I didn't know how to react. I, I genuinely didn't because I felt so sorry in that moment. My, my response, what I did say to her was, I get that, but that isn't you. But I genuinely felt so, such like compassion for her because in a world where you feel like you need to be perfect, you're editing yourself to look like the ideal girl like the Kylie Jenner and it's and she isn't happy like it's a shame she isn't happy but she wants to feel like she's something that she's not and I I'm not qualified to like give advice or anything like this but it's genuinely upsetting that social media has done that to to our society and the moral of the story is you should for me, you should be happy and content with your own life than worrying about, like, pleasing others online. It's so easy to show off what people want to see. I've been there. I've done it. On my feeds now, I don't give a shit what I post. I post what I want to post. I post the value that I believe I can offer from, like, my lessons and experiences in the past. If I lose followers, I lose followers. I don't care what followers I lose. If I get, like, 100 likes over like a thousand likes I don't care that that doesn't bother me but I'm posting what I would have wanted to hear when I was like a kid right that's like my method now and just sticking on the like body shaming part there I know this isn't on tv at the moment but in my opinion Love Island is one of the biggest causes of body shaming going right And when Love Island was last on, I saw the hashtag trending and I I thought I was curious. I thought, well, I'm going to click on it. I'm going to have a look, see what sort of stuff's being said. And girls were literally, and I've screenshotted them. They're in my phone now. Girls were literally tweeting stuff like, and these are quote for quotes. Seeing all girls' bodies makes me never want to eat again. See and another one seeing the girls bodies make me want to starve myself and the final one any other girls feeling like a fat pig watching love island fuck <laughs> like i've never felt like that but fuck seeing that was like really really scary but the thing about love island is that they're all people who they only take on like good looking people let's be honest with like no body fat at all they're not average people they're like fitness models and fitness freaks they're not average normal people like the majority of us 
And like I said, you shouldn't beat yourself up for choosing burgers over burpees because I'm not going to lie, I'd a I had like a sausage roll and some crisp and some chocolate for lunch today. And I did not care. I do not care. The crazy thing is, and this is, I can't believe I'm admitting this. I've never watched the show in my life, right? I've seen clips on Twitter sometimes, but I've never watched the show. But the crazy thing is, I think I actually would watch Love Island if it was normal people on there. I think it's the most demoralizing depressing bit of crap on the tv you'll ever watch and looking at some stats from research that's been performed 64% of women feel low about their bodies right 54% of women that's 13% more than 1984 are unhappy with their bodies 80% of women say that looking in the mirror makes them feel low and 30% of women feel like they have a low body image who feel like they have a low body image have stopped having sex and finally 17% of women feeling they have a low body image have also stopped dating that was taken out of 20,000 women so maybe I'm missing something but how can the likes of Love Island be a positive influence on the world I get why people like it right But how can it be a positive influence on the world? Thank you so much for listening to episode two of The Online Disruptor. I hope it's provided some insights um, and some thoughts into into what goes on inside my brain. Episode three of The Online Disruptor is going to be incredible. As I mentioned in the intro, I have a deep, dark and honest conversation with someone who helped shape my future. I cannot wait to bring him on next Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and we'll see you next week.